Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 9. Traveling through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, a message titled, In the Hand of My Enemy. Verse 42, as he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. You know, I was thinking about this, and anyone who has a child with special needs, or maybe a child who's, you know, gone off, become a prodigal, or a child who is difficult, or a two-year-old, you understand this drama. I mean, here's a man who was given this boy constant supervision, constantly concerned, losing sleep over this condition, who's prayed and cried and carried a burden that most people cannot understand at that time. And I, and I think we go through times in our lives where we're carrying a burden that other people cannot understand. And that happens. And here the disciples and the scribes are arguing. The crowd is gathering. A man's heart is breaking. And Mark adds a detail to the story. Luke doesn't. And I think we would be amiss not to add it because it's beautiful. Or maybe it's raw. I don't know. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And my question for us today is, do we believe that? If you believe, all things are possible for him who believes. Do we believe that? So Jesus is saying, if you believe, all things are possible for him who believes. And so the man's response is, he says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I want to believe. And how many of you have used that? You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have said that in, in the time of desperation? Lord, I believe. Okay, I'm going to be more honest. Help my unbelief. Help me not to be disbelieving. And this belief in Jesus is not faith in ourselves or belief in ourselves. A belief in the power of faith, but faith in Jesus that he is willing and that he is able. I have always loved this answer. Notice the detail. He says, the, the man said with tears. This is so interesting to me. Jesus casts out the demons, and that's obviously Jesus' work. Jesus is doing that work. He's casting out the demon, right? But he wants something for it. He tells this guy he wants something for it. And try to follow me. He, he says to the man, I want your faith. Do you believe? Everything's possible if you believe. He's asking for the man's faith. And the man with tears says, I believe, help my unbelief. Weird. He, he accepts the man's faith even though it's mixed with a confession of doubt. How would this work with anybody in your life? Think about that. They tell you something and you say, I believe you. Well, actually, 
help me a little bit more to believe you. Or I love you. Well, help me to love you. Whack. You know, that's where you're right across from your spouse. You know, that's not acceptable. But for God, he accepts this. How does God in his mercy on this man's weakness, how does he perfect his faith? How does he help this man's unbelief? By healing his son. How do you think this guy's going to react next time he has to believe God? It's going to be easier. It's not going to be perfect. I don't know how many of you guys have seen God do a miracle, and then the next time you found out a bill was going to be, or you found your account overdrawn, you freaked out. You know, it's still hard, but easier than it was last time. So what does Jesus do to this wavering faith, this desperate weeping man? Verse 42 again, it says, Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and then gave him back to his father. Notice, he casts the demons out, and he heals the child. What do you mean? Why do you need to be healed? That's an interesting question. In Matthew, in Matthew's gospel of this account, it just tells us that the boy is epileptic. And so this boy's having seizures. In Mark's account, Jesus rebukes the deaf and dumb spirit, meaning deaf and mute, and the spirit comes out of him. And so this is a, a, a spirit that's making him deaf and mute. It's throwing him on the ground, but the boy is also epileptic. And so does Jesus need to rebuke the spirit and also cure his epilepsy? Was it a neurological thing? Can a demon cause somebody to have epileptic seizures? Probably. But is it always that? You know, if you get a head injury and in a car accident and you start having a seizure disorder, does that mean you have a demon? No. And so it makes me wonder if this boy didn't have epilepsy. They took him to every doctor, and like the woman with the issue of blood, they suffered many things and gave all their money for doctors and nothing helped. And so finally, they went to a shaman or a witch doctor. And maybe that's where the boy got the demon. This is just sanctified speculation. I'm just curious. But we know that Jesus not just cast a demon out, but he also healed whatever disorder this boy had. And Jesus gives the boy back to his father. Can you imagine how amazing that would be? Being a father who loves his son. This is his only son. And now he has his son back. It's kind of like the woman of Nain who lost her only son. This, this, and this is just a little boy. And the father is elated to have his son back. And this next part is very strange. I mean, part of it makes sense. And the other part's weird. Verse 43 says, They were all amazed at the majesty of God, but while everyone marveled at all the things which Jesus did, because that part's normal, he said to his disciples, listen to this, let this sink, this, let these words sink down into your ears. For the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. Now, this is the passage where I got my title, but, and I tried to get my passage, my title for the messages out of the passage, but I, I didn't realize till later that I'd been reading out of the New Living Translation on my phone. It switched over. And so this is where I got New Living Translation, verse 44. Listen to me and remember what I say. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. And you have to appreciate the timing of this. Because here's a boy who has been under the control of the enemy. The devil has had this boy and not let go of him. This, this man has been suffering for years with this, with this demon-possessed boy. And Jesus comes and with a word casts out the demon. The boy is free. He's no longer under the hand of his enemy. And then Jesus, as everybody's marveling and rejoicing that the enemy has lost, he's gone. Jesus is victorious. And then Jesus says, now I'm going to be brought under the hand of my enemy. What? No, you defeat the enemy. 
You're the one who has power over the enemy. The, the enemy can't bother you. What they didn't realize is that Jesus had to let the enemy have power over him so that he could win the victory ultimately, right? But how would they process that? And I think that that's the difficulty. They, they're looking at Jesus and what he's saying. They couldn't imagine that Jesus could possibly be brought under the power of an enemy. He's supposed to become the king, right? In fact, just in the next verses, we're going to be reading next time we're together in Luke, Jesus is going to be talking about, or I mean, the disciples are going to be talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And so they, they obviously didn't get this. They obviously didn't understand it. But Jesus says, let this sink down into your ears. I'm going to start using that with my kids. Let this sink down into your ears. It says, verse 45, but they, they did not understand the saying, and it was hidden from them, so they did not perceive it, and they were afraid to ask him about the saying. It's a good lesson for us. They didn't get it, and they wouldn't get it. It would be very confusing for them when Jesus was arrested and hung on a cross. It would be very confusing. It would be confusing for them when Jesus rose from the dead, and they didn't even want to believe it when it happened. I was like, you know, I'm not going to believe unless I see, can see from my own eyes, you know. And it was hard for them. And so what, what we take away from that is this. We are not always going to understand what Jesus is doing or even what he's trying to say to us. We're not always going to understand it. I think we like to think that we're, you know, there's an explanation for everything, but we're not always going to understand it. Could you imagine how you would feel right now if you were not here in Idaho, but rather in Ukraine? Let's say you're a Christian living in Kiev, and you are in an underground cellar somewhere, praying, not knowing what's going to happen to you. You're praying that God would deliver you, God would save you from the situation. I mean, wouldn't you be? And, and, and the, the, the Russian military is coming in. And no doubt, there are going to be Christians who are pulled from their underground place and shot and killed. And others who are going to be, as they pray, Jesus save us, a bomb's going to land on top of them and they will be destroyed. And others who through miraculous circumstances, un, unbelievable circumstances, will somehow escape and get away and give God the glory for all of that. And that's so confusing to us, isn't it? And so those people, they make it out, they have PTSD for the next 30 years, and then they die. And that's just gonna be their reality. And so then you just have to step back and say, wait a minute, let's just look at the whole thing from a different perspective. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, Call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.